0: he said stop working for senior life I kind of looked at him he said make senior life work for you Mm. figure out how much money you want to make put into work and get them to pay you that money there it is so you know let's get out there and make it happen and, and stop stop using excuses
1: thomas roach we're at the senior life insurance company home office and uh we are all fired up this is the uh, what episode is this seven we're on episode number seven we have an amazing guest today a uh, longtime rvp with the company a good friend of mine joey joey how you doing today good man how about y'all i'm doing pretty good we're doing pretty good so uh just to kind of talk about longevity you've been with uh, Ron and Dale for a very very long time Uh and I believe it was one of our recent leadership conferences uh not the last one but the one before that that you actually got recognized for 20 years is that right that's right that's a long time to be with the company and to be with uh, with the Powell's how did you uh how did you get in, in, involved with uh, I get was it still PMP agency at the time it was PMP when I first came here how did you get involved how did you meet them how did you know them how that get started for you you know I was um actually at that point in time i was working
0: with another insurance company had only been there a couple of months and um, before that i was the manager of a furniture store okay and so i knew that to make the money that i wanted to make i needed to do something in in commissions Mm. and so i got to looking at the insurance industry and saw that you know that was a really good industry to get into to to make good money and helping families and stuff like that and so I was with another company for a few months, got my license, and I did well there, but I saw that there was there was really no big money to be made mm-hmm. where I was at, but had always heard about P&P uh, here in Thomasville. Okay. And um, everybody kept saying, you know, yeah, but you got to travel. You got to travel yeah. if you want to do what they do. And I was like, well, you know, that might be okay if, if I can make the money that I hear they're making over there. Mm-hmm. And so a gentleman that I knew, knew Mike Harper. And so he said, let's just go talk to him. So I did, and uh, me and that other gentleman went and talked to him. And he shared the opportunity with me and uh, the dreams and all that they had. And so I was like, you know, this this looks pretty good. Mm -hmm. And so I just didn't know about traveling. I was gonna have to be gone from home. right? four nights a week three nights a week whatever we already married at that point i was married so i guess you had to have a conversation I went home talked to my wife and i told her i said look you know here's an opportunity i can make a thousand dollars a week Mm. but i would have to be gone three to four nights a week she said well when are you leaving (laughs) so (laughs) i put a lot of thought into it a lot of prayer into it and i just felt like that was what i needed to do and 20 20 years later here i am
1: well, you know, we've been talking all year, you know, mindset being everything. You have to be pretty dedicated early on to take that jump from having a job that's, you know, a, a salary-based job. It's guaranteed pay. It's not as much, obviously, but right. you're gonna get it every week. What in the beginning, you know, which is when you're learning, whenever you're really kind of cutting your teeth, what kept your mindset positive to continue? You know, one thing
0: I can always say is I kept my eye on the big picture. Mm. Uh, The big picture was at that point in time, and and this is kind of a funny story. Back when I first came home, uh, the Chevy Tahoe's just came out. Okay. (laughs) And that was like the big thing to drive. Yeah. Well, these guys had two of them. (laughs) I'm like, you know, they they doing something. Right. They doing something. Right. So I had the mindset, look, if they can do it, I can do it. Just show me how to do it and get out of my way. Right. I'll I'll make it happen because I'll put in the work. And of course, it wasn't that easy. I had to, uh, I struggled to start with. And uh, that's a a lot of things that that people do nowadays is I struggled back then to learn this business. Okay. But I kept seeing the end results can be really, really good if you stick with it. Right. The problem nowadays is a lot of people are not willing to put in that struggle, Mm. to put in that sacrifice, to get to the big picture
1: even with this it's i mean with the things that ron has, has put into place at this point it's it's really it's a lot easier now because you at the time whenever you were with pmp you were with a company that wasn't even licensed in the state of georgia where you live so you had to travel yeah. completely out of state actually at that point in time we were in georgia at when i first came on
0: but i traveled georgia florida alabama uh edge of tennessee mm. Um, and, and now when I hear people say well, well these leads are 50 miles away, right? Well, I used to drive six hours to get my first stop. Oh wow. So You know, there's there's no excuses. What do you what do you prefer? You prefer field sales or telesales? You know, I've done it both ways yeah. and I've been successful both ways and I think it comes down to the individual um, on what they think they can do and where their confidence uh, lies, but I'm always going to be an old field guy. Right. I, I still love to get out and right. and, and see the people and, and uh, talk to them face to face. But uh, I was very successful on the phone.
1: What was, what was it like around the company, though? Because, you know, telesales in final expense is something that senior life really spearheaded. Mm-hmm. What was kind of the energy or the atmosphere like? Because that was kind of a, a scary area because nobody knew if it would even work. So what was that like kind of in the beginning for that? i was the last one to come
0: off the road oh wow get on the phone okay because in my mind i was like you know i i i'm 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 scared of that Hmm. Uh, they're not going to give you their information over the phone right uh they're not going to give you their account numbers and things like that so i kind of like i held back and i kept working in the field and next thing you know my buddies i was traveling with they didn't come off the road they were on the phone (laughs) right I was like, man, I know I can make money out here. I'm just a little nervous about it. Yeah. And, and I'll never forget it. I was in Montgomery, Alabama working, and Ron called me that day. He said, man, what are you doing? Mm. I said, I'm working. Right. He said, are you going to come off the road and get on the phone or not? Mm. I was like, man, I, I'm going I'm to do a little bit of both of it. He's like, well, everybody's been doing really good over, over the phone. You know, you need to really consider that. So then I got to. I'd be on the road for three days, and then I'd get on the phone for two days. Okay. So then I finally decided, you know what? I'm shortcutting myself on the road. and I'm shortcutting myself on the phone.
1: Yeah.
0: At that at that time, we had had our second child. It was getting tough at home for my wife to to handle both kids right. with me out of town. And I said, you know what? I'm going to make up my mind. This is what I'm going to do in the field. I'm going I'm to go do it on the phone. There you go. And so I got the field out of my out of my mind, and I just did it on the phone.
1: Now, years later, uh, I believe it was through telesales, the, the, what is it? The highest personal production in a week. Mm. You hold that title. Is that correct? I do. What is, what is the title? What's the, what's the amount? $26,780. You. <laughs> <laughs> so you wrote almost $27,000 in one week. Mm-hmm. Uh, making the company record which of course to everybody listening is a challenge you know records are meant to be broken (laughs) um when when did you when did you make that record when did that happen that was um i can't remember how many years
0: ago but it was on the week after christmas Mm. that that i did that and you know i kind of did it on that week for a reason because everybody says you can't sell insurance week after christmas or the week before right The only reason insurance agents don't write business in December is because they don't go out and work. There It is. And, uh, but, you know, that was kind of a challenge when, when that all happened, we were at a meeting and, and Ron had mentioned that, you know, there's no reason somebody can't write 25,000 in a week. And we were all looking at him like, you bumped your (laughs) head, man, that that, that can't happen. So I got to really thinking about it afterwards. And I said, you know what? I'm gonna do that. Mm. And I called him and I said, hey, I'm gonna do it. Yeah. And so it took a lot of preparation for that. And I've seen people say, oh, I'm gonna do that. Mm-hmm. And the next week they jump out there and try to do that. Right. You, you can't just do that. You got to prepare. Okay, so how, do, how does one prepare to, to do that? I, man, I mentally was just psyching myself out and did a lot of praying, figured out how many leads I needed, where I needed them. And, of course, I had to get the lead department ready right. uh, to do that, to, to accommodate that many leads and right. across the country because, you know, I was licensed in 17, 18 states. Right. And so I had leads from one side of the country to the other. But it was more mentally challenging than anything. So I psyched myself up daily and and it was it was weird. I was so focused mindset. Yeah. My mindset was done. It, it was going to be done. Right. And I remember saying the week before, I said, I can't wait to next week cause it's already done. I just got to let the days pass. Right. Uh, I was that focused and, you know, um, I'd listen to my, my pump up music in the mornings. <laughs> I'd, right. I'd be going down the road, you know, jamming out and just pump ready to go. And, uh, I I work from nine in the morning to eleven o'clock at night. Wow. Every night that week. Four days
1: in a row. So were you like calling the west coast at like ten o'clock at night and stuff like that?
0: Yeah. I was working in California at ten, eleven o'clock at night.
1: And and how many days in a row did you work to do that? Four days. Four days. You did that in four days. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't even a full seven days or anything no, like that. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Then what'd you do on Friday? I slept. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a tremendous, you know, to, to do production like that, to have your mindset set like that, you know, it, but it had to have been more than just pump up music and everything to, to you know, and, even and, and even well, when you really get down to it,
0: I believe in our system, right? Our system works mm. and, and you just got to plug into it. And all I did was, you know, I, in my career, when I was full-time sales, I never went a week without 20 leads ever, right? Unless I was out of town or sick or something like that. Right always had 20 leads a week and I knew what I could write off 20 leads so you know I basically calculated how many leads do I need Mm. to make this happen right and and that's what
1: I did and you got that
0: amount of leads yeah yeah Wow (laughs) and the funny thing about that and, and a lot of people have heard this story about doing that production that week it was it was amazing how many people told me I couldn't do it really it got to a point, I mean, you know, it was like, you know how much lead cost that's going to be? Right. It's like, yeah, but you know how much money I'm going to make on top of that? <laughs> right. It got to a point to where I, I remember one gentleman said, man, you can't do, I said, just hush. Mm. Don't talk to me. If you're going to sit there and tell me what I can't do, I don't want to talk to you. Wow. And, and it was a close friend of mine. Wow. And he looked at me like crazy. I was like, I'm just telling you, man, I don't need any negative influence on me right now. And then you went out and did it Yeah, right then and there. And then it was funny. After I did it, I actually had one gentleman say, man, you shouldn't have done that. Like <laughs> Why? He's like, cause now Ron's going to think we all need to be doing that.
1: Well, it does. I mean, it's, it's just a record, but it does set a bar in a lot yeah. of ways with that. Whenever you have, you know, production, one of the important things we always talk about is the residual income that comes with that mm-hmm. with a almost $27,000 a week. I'm sure there's a, a nice residual check that comes along, but what does the residual income as a, as a producer mean, mean to you? You know, that's why I got into this business. And, um,
0: the more you do the more you make it's all about how much business you keep on the books but that's where a lot of people don't get it it's not about just now it's about the future right and that's probably why i kept my eye on the big picture Mm. is to get that long-term money but the way we have it nowadays you can make a lot of upfront money too right so it's money all around all around and where else can you find a career that Number one, you can make a six-figure income by yourself, right. not working for somebody. You're working for yourself, basically. We're just here to guide you and, and when you get off track, bring you back in yeah. and, because we know how to do what we do. And you know, the technology has changed. Everything we've done here at Senior Life and, and you guys um, have just made it easier and easier and easier and easier. But what doesn't change is the work. Right. It don't matter how easy we have it. You got to go out and put in the work. Still about the fundamentals. The work has never changed. When I started in 98, Mm -hmm. the work ethic still has is the exact same as it was 20 years ago. Mm. You got to put in the work.
1: Definitely. Definitely. When, when in the course of the the 20 plus years that you've been with senior life, when did you decide that you wanted to start to grow and become a manager and all that? I was really probably 10 years in before I re- really clicked.
0: Look, I need to start mm. growing and building a team. And I did, and I fell on my face. Right. And I got back up, right. and I did it again. It was up and down. And, you know, it took me a long time. I'm I'm a I'm one of those guys. I got to do it a few times before I figure out, okay, I should have done this years ago. Right. And, um, you know, Mike Harper was my manager, and um, he— Always kept guiding me, kept leading me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've always said that, you know, he, he has meant so much to me in this business because when I fail, he was right there to help me get back up. Right. And um, Ron and Dale as well. Right. But when I finally started doing it and I realized, OK, this ain't easy, mm-hmm. but it's not that hard. Mm. So it kind of clicked. I'd, I'd say it clicked 10 years in. Right. Where nowadays... I tell people, you know, don't waste, don't waste your career. I won't say I've wasted half of my career, but don't, as I call it, lollygag around. <laughs> right. You know, uh, get with it. Get your personal production done. Hire you some people because the bigger your group is, the more money they're making, the more money you're making. Right. And you start building something that means something.
1: Was there, because you, you're 10 years in, you know, was there like an actual aha moment or did you just wake up one day and was like you know i I need to change how i'm doing this or it it
0: was you know i've 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 watched mike and mitch and russ do it all these years you know looking up to them saying i want to be like them one day and um it was it was more like i had just got to a point of saying okay quit playing around Mm. Let's get this
1: done. There, there it is. One thing, you know, anytime I've talked to anybody who's worked under you, uh, you know, they always talk about how much you care about your downline. Uh, is that something like, was that a learned thing or was that just naturally how you were? What is it that makes you care about those below you so much that they would even echo those sentiments whenever you talk to somebody that's, that's in your downline? You
0: know, when, when you're building and you're growing your team and, and, and doing those things, i did what a lot of people do Mm -hmm. i was thinking about the overrides yeah that they could make me yeah that's that's really all i was worried about and i had a moment in my life um i don't know six seven years ago that I, i was it was it was tough okay things were tough for me okay all the way around the board and i kept wondering okay what what's going on why is this not growing why is this you know and you know I'm 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 a Christian and I felt like the Lord was telling me look you're worried about the money too much Mm. you're chasing a dollar right I'm not gonna let you have it Wow until you let go and let me that was a moment in my life that I was scared of and I finally did it I was like look I'm done I'm going to let go and let you. From that point on, I started caring about people making it uh, not just for the money. Right. I became and and I try to be a servant leader. Uh, I'm here to serve my, I don't like to call them my agents, but our agents on our team. Right. And when I became more concerned about them and what they do, my money started coming, mm. and uh, so that that was kind of defining point in my career and my life. Yeah, you know, I I just turned it all over to God and let Him handle it, and let me try to take care of our agents and and do what I can to help them.
1: Definitely. Definitely. One, one, uh, thing that we've touched on a little bit, you know, you are a family man, you have a wife, two kids. I know that, um, for a long time, I'm not sure if he still is. I know your son was playing baseball for quite some time. Is he still playing ball or a lot, you know, that, that, uh, in support of him and everything that has required you to kind of travel because he's in a lot of travel leagues and things like that. How has this opportunity allowed that? You know, that's one thing that I try not to miss
0: because I know, that is something that that I can't get back, and I know a lot of fathers that they don't have a choice; they have to work. Right. They can't get off work and things like that to go see their children play because uh, my son plays a lot of baseball, my daughter plays a lot of softball. Okay, <laughs> <All> <laughs> so <right.
1: laughs> you know,
0: it's times where me and my wife are on; she's on one side of Georgia, I'm on the other. Right, and um, this business has allowed me to not miss my children's things. That they have at school the ball games and stuff and mm-hmm. and we are going a lot on the weekends and so you know not necessarily just having the money to do that but having the freedom to do mm-hmm. that but i look at it too is i've put in the time over the years yeah to be in this in this situation not just putting the years i put in the work right and and you know you can't be at a career like Senior Life, you can't just be here for the years and expect it to have the end results. Right. You have to put in the work. You know, when when I'd come home off the road on Thursday nights if I didn't have my production, I worked on Friday and Saturday.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Not many people do that now. Very true. So I knew I had things to do so I would work harder. If I was going on vacation next week, I'd work till nine, 10 o'clock at night all the way up until that point right because I knew I'd be out of town right so I feel like that to be able to do what we do now with our with our kids is a result of putting in the work and following the system right it it all comes back to follow our system and really work it the way it should be worked and and you will build up to these things absolutely so but you know, it, it is kind of nice to not have to call somebody and say, hey, can I be off Thursday and Friday because right. <laughs> I'm going to be out of town. Definitely. Um, this summer we'll, we'll be gone a lot Yeah. Uh, to Mississippi, uh, Louisiana and stuff like that playing ball on the weekends.
1: Definitely. Now, we always, we always talk about, you know, uh, to, to anybody in this industry, if you're especially if you're married, it's very important that your spouse is a part of, of, of what you've got going on, uh, for your wife, how much of your success personally and professionally do you attribute to her? A lot
0: because, you know, I was thinking about this podcast today and you know, what wondered what you were going to
1: ask me about right. and stuff like that. <laughs> Cause we didn't prep you. Right. No. And sometimes we prep them, but not, not really.
0: <laughs> you know, she has supported me from day one and she has supported me in times that, she probably really didn't need to, mm. you know. Uh, and and I'll go back to. There's been several points in in my career that were rough and tough, and you know we grinded through it. Right. But one particular point in my career where it, it got really, really rough. Okay. Really rough. Um, I, I wasn't making sales. I was just struggling, and mm-hmm. um, financially got to struggling right. because I wasn't making sales and. And I'll never remember. I'll always remember. You know, she she was telling me, "Look, you can do this. You can do this." Well, then it got to a point of like, "Are you sure you can do this?" Mm -hmm. (laughs) It got that rough, and I remember Mike Harper calling me in his office one day, and he and he flat out told me, "If you don't get those six inches between your ears (laughs) fixed, there's nothing I can do for you." Wow. And I got to think about it. you know my attitude had gotten terrible. Um, And I went home that night and her and I were talking and uh, she she was like, well, you know, are, are, do you need to continue this or what? You know, I, I got to a point where I was like, OK, now she's maybe not having as much confidence in right. me as, as I would hope she has. But that Monday I went out and when I got to the hotel I was at, I, I looked in my bag to get my stuff out and and there was a card in there right and she had stuck it in there i didn't know it and uh i believe it said god didn't mean for us to go through the hard times alone that's why he put us together oh wow (laughs) and at the bottom she said i know you can do this Mm. go make it happen yeah man i got fired up wrote 3500 dollars that week oh wow you know and just just you know Of course, I've struggled since then, right? You know, because we all have slow weeks or whatever. But uh, in those times, it makes a big difference uh, for your spouse to support you in doing what we do. Yeah, because I have seen a lot that didn't support them and they didn't make it. Wow! So having that rock at home Mm -hmm. support you in this and in this type of business, it means a lot. Definitely, and I and I thank God for her every day. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. Not to get. Too incredibly serious today. <laughs> one thing that uh, you know might be a source of envy—I don't know. Uh, one thing that uh, you ha- get a lot of credit for is uh, how amazing your hair is. <laughs> <laughs> Where does that come from? The amazing, because is it Silver Fox? Is that the nickname that you're getting? That and uh, everybody call a lot of people say salt and pepper. Salt and pepper. Salt.
0: So, uh, how, what, how's it feel to have like such a trademark as your hairstyle? What's that about? It is funny. I, I actually just told my wife last night. I said, I said, you know, they want me to do a pop podcast tomorrow. Right. And I said, I better go ahead and do it because it's the, the first thing they've asked me to do since I let my hair grow out. material <laughs> the they put out is with my short hair. Right. <laughs> I said, I think they're tired of my long hair. <laughs>
1: That's amazing. Uh, you know, uh, whenever we kind of get towards the end of the podcast, I always like to give the guests the opportunity, you know, is there any last words, anything you'd like to say before we, uh, before we get out of here today? You know, probably
0: what I would say to the agents that are out there now working is grind my favorite word has become grind mm. because when things ain't going the way you want it to you got to grind you got to grind it out and you got to have that grit because every day is not not a great day mm. in sales and in, in straight commission work but if you continue to grind and work hard plug into this system the numbers always work themselves out Mm. i I was talking to an agent yesterday and i told him you know i was asking about presentations how many have you done and i told him i said you you're you're not letting the numbers work for you Mm. i said what are you talking about i was like you have to get in the presentations enough presentations to let the numbers work on your side so you know if you're struggling get out there and grind through it Mm. you got to see the people if you've only made three presentations this week, no, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. But if you busted your tail and, and you get in 10 to 15 presentations this week, the numbers are on your side. Absolutely. It's going to work out. Absolutely. So never never get in the mode of, of questioning yourself. Never get in the mode of questioning the system. Just work the system.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But a gentleman spoke at, at Ortez's meeting one day that made that said something. He said, stop working for senior life. I kind of looked at him. He right. said, make senior life work for you. Mm. Figure out how much money you want to make, put into work, and get them to pay you that money. There it is. So, you know, let's get out there and, and make it happen and, and stop stop using excuses. Definitely. Um, I, I, I said this in a meeting years ago. An excuse is something that makes you feel better about your failures. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> oh boy!
0: <laughs> and I, I was able to use that in a meeting because when I when I got to thinking about that, I'm like, that's exactly what I've done for a long time. Because every time you use an excuse, you feel a little bit better about why you didn't do what you were supposed to do. Right? Absolutely. So let's get our mindsets right and take it to the top.
1: There it is. Wow. One, you know, is. Uh, I've known you uh, over 10 years now, Joey, as long as I've been with the company. Uh, that one of the things about you that has always inspired me is your grit. Uh, the fact that you could uh, go so hard as you do, but at the same time, you care so much. You have one of the biggest hearts I've ever seen, and I just mm-hmm. want you to know that you are greatly appreciated, and we just appreciate you stopping by and hanging out with us on the mm-hmm. podcast all fired up, and uh, we're about to get out of here, and like we always say at the end, it's uh, senior life all your life.